Headley is our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by by Headley. Look at you. You're all butthurt that we're not going to be sucking your dick the entire show. I told you I like having my dick sucked. I, I just don't understand what the problem is here. How how come men are allowed to ha- want their dick sucked, but when I want my dick sucked, all of a sudden it's a problem. Nobody said it was a problem for you to want your dick sucked as men want their dick sucked. It's just that we can't always do it just like men. You know, we can't. Well, that made no sense. Yeah, you can. Please. No, Who no, do you, you think you're talking to? somebody's not getting their dick sucked. (laughs) Oh, I shall have my dick sucked. Okay. Well, then, let us uh, venture into the show and see what happens. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted Podcast. Woohoo! Yay! Hello and welcome to the Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording once again through Zencaster as I sit at my desk and Boogie sits at the library while some crotchety librarian points at him and tells him to put his mask on. Well, it's not. I mean, it's important. We're supposed to be wearing our masks and I believe in that, but I'm talking into the microphone and it cuts the sound kind of in half. And I am in this room completely by myself. So, um, tell Nurse Ratchet to just, you know, come. Hey, you know what? I am not here to fight the system because I am a big picture kind of thinker. And (laughs) yes, Kathy, (laughs) I think about the big picture. And the big picture is, Uh is if I get kicked out of the library, I'm back to recording in the car. All you'd have to do is give her a a a good little bit of, you know, little librarian kind of sex behind the counter, and you'd be solid. Well, um, I could, I really could. So what you're saying is right now, because she's over there, I can see her. So uh-huh. what you're saying is I should like knock on the window, make a little motion, maybe uh-huh. pull my uh, my shorts pants up a little bit, uh-huh. show a little mm-hmm. thigh. Show a little yep. thigh and then kind of do that does not look sexy at all. That literally looks like <laughs> I have an itchy hemorrhoid. That is the dance that I am. T- <laughs> I am going to get kicked out for sure. Now, you never know if she is hard up enough. She might look at that and go, oh, bro finger. <laughs> <laughs> You know, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, you can't. That's been you're, my motto all you, my life. You can. You're just going to be a very, very lonely beggar. That's yeah. uh, that's it. Sometimes you just got to suck it up. Kathy, yeah. anything amazing happened this week? Well, as usual, I really try and find something amazing because I know that you like it when I can talk about something amazing. But I am still in the middle of you know therapy upheaval and this week wasn't that great but i do have news for day after tomorrow i am attending another play party ah very good is that the saturday night one yes i will be going to threshold and we're gonna be meeting friends there and 
socializing and hopefully trying to remember what it was like to look forward to an evening with friends and, and watching all kinds of kinkiness going on around us and having a good time. I mean, I remember those days. They were they were pretty darn fun and I I want them back. And so I have reached out to a number of friends to all to say, hey, we're all meeting on this night and they are all surprisingly as eager as I am. And hopefully next month, next week I will have some uh, fun stuff to report. Well, I may be entering the party with you, not with you, but I may be entering the party where you were at. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want anyone to know we're together. So let's enter separately. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that goes both ways, missy. <laughs> I don't want you cramping my style either. Uh, all right. I will promise I will not cramp your quote unquote style. I have style. <laughs> it's just right now just a very not desired style. You know, it's just not it's not one of those you see on a magazine kind of style. It's more like crumpled up, ready to be recycled or possibly used you know, for some nefarious cleaning activity magazine. <laughs> it's it's what I call homeless herpes chic. <laughs> hey, wait. <laughs> Where'd the herpes come in? <laughs> oh, no, wait. I'm the one with herpes. <laughs> I get tested. Actually, I haven't been tested in a while. I guess it's time to go back. Because I'm going to start. Sure, if you're going to get back into the kinkiness, but they don't, you know, they don't test for herpes. They do. Well, at the clinic, ask for it. You have to ask for it if you have um, your own healthcare provider. But in the free services, it's you know, it may be a little dishonest, but you say I had sex with somebody who said they were exposed to herpes, and then they'll do the test on you. And uh, so, little fib, little fib, actually just called a lie. But it gets you the test. So that's true. So that works out. But um, yeah, I may show up a little bit later uh, and see if I can get in. Uh, as as we said before, there'll be a lot of party passes uh, going around at that party. And I feel kind of guilty just showing up and wiping out their whole bank for the night with a bunch of party passes. So so I step I'll just come in later. And that's my manic thing. I don't expect anyone to have it, but I am kind of manic about that stuff. So uh, so I'll I'm show I'm just going to call it crazy, just flat out. Well, it's it's crazy. So what? It's, those parties have to be pre- registered in advance, and they only have a certain amount of people they can let in. And, and if most of those no, people... They, they absolutely do not have to be registered in advance. There is just a max of 90 participants they can let in. Is it 90? I thought it was 60. I already looked. It's 90. And you don't have to register? No. it's It saves your place if you've registered. Oh. And by register, I mean buy your ticket ahead of time. But anybody can show up and, and pay at the door. And as long as they show their, their vaccine card, you just get in whenever you want. Well, then maybe I'll see you at the party. Oh, my God. Fine. Fine. I'll see you at the party. I think it'll be fun. I look forward to it. And uh, I have a little prepping I have to do uh, for that day. But uh, I think it's going to be fun. And uh, it'll go alongside with my uh, journey into getting back into it. I actually was on Fat Life today in the groups hunting. I was hunting, Kathy. 
I got Were my, you hunting coon? I was hunting. I was hunting poon. Ah! <laughs> I was hunting. I, I was poon hunting and just you know seeing who's in there. And I was doing my little method, um, which has, uh, of course, anything online. If you're a a guy, has a super high rejection rate uh, to even be answered. Uh, so I look at someone's profile. And then, you know, obviously I look at some pictures and see if they're cute. And then I read their thing and see if they're in a relationship and whatever. And then when I email, I usually just write something, you know, that mentions some of the things that they have in their profile. So they know I read and and then you just send it and let it go, you know, and you don't expect that response back because 90 percent of the time you don't get a response back. Or if you do, it's like, oh, thank you. That was very nice. And, you know you know, they're not interested because they don't ask any questions or whatever. So that's my method. So that's your method, huh? I started doing, I actually wrote a poem for a little today. She was real cute. And I wrote a poem, you know, with her name in it. Cause I'm, I'm cool like that. Mm, and uh, like a cutesy little poem, it was funny. And, uh, and then I sent it. And then when I looked, uh, I was like, Oh, she lives in Minneapolis. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? Rule number one is make sure they live near you, Boogie. Yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? I look. You look in the top because a lot of times they say Antarctica, you right. know, and then you go and you see in their groups where they actually live. So, uh, yeah, it's not very it's not a very smart tactic because you it's can not. tell usually by watching their feed or anything that tells you where they live, at least in what area. <laughs> yeah. And it's like if, as long as you're smart and this person didn't have their face or identifying marks in. So, you know. That I would say would be a step safer to, you know, interact and have, you know, a little information about what city you may be in. Um, but when people show their face and then they think they're being cool by putting Antarctica or someplace where they don't live as their main thing, but then join groups that all have the city they live in in the group name. Yeah. Not that's not. <laughs> That's not clever, and it's not uh, e mysterioso. You are not hiding from anyone. It, it is not. It, it does not protect you. So, uh, no, uh-uh. but if you aren't showing your face and stuff like that, like this person wasn't, then uh, then I'd say it's a little bit. It's okay because you know you do want to know stuff that's going on in your area. But that's why I would always say start another profile that doesn't have any of your pictures or who you are or whatever, and then join those groups so you can stay active in that group. But then on your regular profile, don't put that. If if you're inter- if you don't want people to know where you are. Right. Right. Important safety tip. <laughs> Important safety tip. But yeah, after I wrote the cutesy poem, felt all proud of myself. I'm all, that's cute. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I, I don't, you know, usually you know when you're dealing with someone who is, I'm going to say, very popular, right? Um, Somebody who's pretty, young, who posts a lot of very provocative, sexy pictures. When you've got a bunch of stuff in your favor, a lot of stuff that's that's going, doing it for you, and draws a lot of of partners or, or potential partners to you, you tend to be more... Um, pickier care no careless <laughs> with with the good 
interactions that you do have because you've got so many people coming to you. And the truth is that if you've, you've got someone who reaches out to you, who has taken the time to read your profile, who does something as precious and as unique as writing a little poem, especially for you, or does any number of things that, that point that really signifies that at least they're interested in you, that they see you. That is a very rare, rare thing. And I, unfortunately I have found that when people, yeah, it is very rare, Boogie. Most, most men. I like how you're just wingmanning for me right here. Like I was just like, "Eh, it's it's just a dorky (laughs) thing I do. And there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys that, that read the profile and, and will try to make some sort of comment, but I also Mm -hmm. don't go for the super popular ones. I'm not stupid. You know, the ones that have all sexy, you know, the super sexy, whatever, fat lifers with 10,000 followers. No, I go for, you know, just being honest, I go for normal looking women, you know, and uh, that are more in my, my, you know, my kind of my kind of range. I want to give myself a little hope, you know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> all right shall we go on <laughs> i like how you're just now continually replaying how stupid i am and how funny it is that i'm trying to pick up on girls and that it just gives you these little intermittent chuckles as those visuals hit your head i can kind of sense no, it. no no i i just you know you have a very different way of looking at things and you're a little cray cray and sometimes i see you totally sabotaging yourself and I try and give you the tiniest little bit of compliment because I actually happen to think that there are a lot of areas in which you shine. I mean, surely there are a lot of areas where you and I soon absolutely do not see eye to eye, but you know, I think it's a given that if I'm giving you any kind of compliment, you're, you, you tend to throw it off. Well, I mean, I do appreciate that you acknowledge my, my bro finger sis that I yeah. that I do take time, but we also have a show together where we are at a certain level, and I'm going to go ahead and toot our horns. I wouldn't say we're the best of the best of the best communicators, the most entertaining, the most cre- whatever, but we are a step above, and we do take time, and a lot of that's just because of all the discussions that we've had that make us very aware of another person's feelings, how another person might feel. And so when we're trying to meet someone, I think those skills come out and maybe they don't seem like as big a deal to us or me because we spend so much time talking about it. It just seems more natural than special. Right, right. Okay, well, that's good. (laughs) I know I'm a love god, but I just don't look like one right now. I'm an incognito love god right now. Oh, my God. Fit life is the place. Talk about genital torture and subspace. We share our kinky thrills with perverts from around the world. Yeah, perverted podcast talking about fit life, motherfucker. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so, including today's author, who is called Sigil, wrote a post called Creative Evil, a writing series on how I design a scene. I have to tell you, when I read this title, I got all just tingly going, oh, I can't wait to see how someone named Creative Evil is going to design a scene because that is very, as a voyeur, that is very interesting to me. 
Okay. I'm with you. I, uh, I thought it was maybe because there was a creative as a prefix, and you're like, you know, you have creative, you know, the, the X, dickhead, and now you have creative evil. <laughs> so you've had the explorer, and you're like, no. okay, that adventure was okay, and it ended poorly. And now you're like, I'm just going to go for creative evil next. Let's just cut to, to the chase. I hate to burst your bubble, but I actually didn't even think of that until you just brought it up. But creative evil just has so much potential to it. I, I can't wait to hear what you're going to say. All right. So he writes, to me, a good scene is not about using particular toys. A good scene, like art, storytelling, or roller coasters, is about evoking an emotional experience. This emotional component is what separates a scene from the early days of experimenting with toys, new forms of play, and even new partners. Novelty is its own emotional component, but once the newness of the experience is gone, many feel like it's lost its magic. It's not as fun or it feels hollow. So they move on. Novelty must always give way to some other emotional resonance to avoid an experience becoming flat. So understanding my bottom and what kind of experience they are looking for and making sure I want to share that experience with them is vital to creating a scene that isn't emotionally flat. For many, this conversation is often far more vulnerable than the actual scene. Knowing what we want well enough to communicate it and risk rejection is hard, but it becomes easier with experience and as you learn to trust your partner. Mm-mm-mm. And you are. I was not disappointed. I was not disappointed. Well, I mean, i i didn't I didn't get turned on as much by the name as you did. Um, yeah. But I liked the <laughs> title, and I'm like, oh. And then I saw how it was laid out. I could just see the formatting, and I'm like, all right, this is someone who's thought about what they're going to say, and they even put it in order. And I love seeing that stuff because. Because that's not just some. I mean, some people ramble real good. We do it for six years, um, but uh, <laughs> but it, it is really good when you see that somebody has thoughts and they want people to understand. And I thought this was an incredibly clear post, talking very well about the different nuances and dynamics of creative play, and also reinvigorating your play when you start to hit your slumps, which we of course have talked about uh, many times on the show. I really, really enjoyed how this was, uh, this was laid out because it was laid out in a very short form. It was not a book and, and it really laid in the thing that I've always told people that the best toy in your toy bag is intention. And, and we've said it before on the show and he said it really eloquently that a lot of times when you're newer, you're focused on the toys and that I don't know things. And, and like he talked about the toys, you can learn the skills and then, you know, you're going to go through this toy and that toy, and then it's not going to be fun anymore. But what is always fun, what is always exciting and what is always engaging is the intention that you bring to that scene on both ends. You know, in in the sense of this post, we're talking about creating that scene, creating that environment, stringing up all the instruments of the orchestra, and then starting the symphony. That is exciting from the top point of view, but it's also exciting from the bottom's point of view. And you also hit on this, that vulnerable interaction that has to take place, that has to take place 
for you to get to those next levels of intention because I thrive. You can you can try shit. I can be like, oh, I'm going to do this wax play thing and then I'm going to peel the wax off and, you know, cane your leg. You know, I can have all these plans. But if my bottom and I haven't really communicated about what they're looking for and what they're interested in or what they may be curious about or what they can handle, then it's so easy for it to just kind of, you know, maybe be pretty and kind of fun, but you're just going to miss that intensity and connection because we haven't kind of interact. Sometimes you get lucky. I'm not saying you don't get lucky and have a hot fucking scene with minimal negotiation, but I have found some of the, the deeper scenes that I have had with partners have been because both of us were on board with that intention. Yes. Um, I, t- I could not agree with you more. It's so weird that you and I are see totally eye to eye on one of the most important aspects of playing or any scene that we could do. Uh, and I highly recommend anybody uh, who's interested in this to read that post because Boogie was right. It's a very well-written post and I had to cut out a lot of it that you might find interesting. So if, you, if ever you're interested, just go to our perverted podcast group on FetLife. And one of the stickies right at the top says FetLife post where I've linked everything and you can read Sigal's whole post. But I agree that some of the most frustrating play scenes I've ever done are scenes in which I simply cannot get through to the person I'm playing with, whether top or bottom. Hmm. Uh, they They drive me insane. Because the whole scene feels completely flat to me. There are certain, like you said, there, of course, there's certain things that you can uh, um, enjoy during a scene without having to make that connection with someone or having either one of you explain what the other wants out of a scene. Uh, and of course, when you're playing for the first time, you can't always expect to have that kind of connection. But there are uh, maybe two people that I've played with in the past that for whatever reason, uh, I could not get them to open up. I could not get them to express any of their desires and it's like it's like doing a scene fucking blind i i don't know where i'm going because to me that exchange of energy that exchange of of passion for whatever it is you're doing is absolutely not there if you're missing the key component to a scene is to know what your partner wants and desires so and and he's absolutely he hit the nail on the head Uh, when he says, for many, this conversation is often far more vulnerable than the actual scene. It's so easy to walk in and stay cold or stay distant or on the surface and say, yeah, just do this, this, and this to me. And some people actually do that for specific reasons. I'm not saying that that's bad because sometimes uh, people are needing a cathartic scene and and they, they need that just the impact play of it. So I get it. But otherwise... Uh, to walk into a scene and not be able to get the other person to open up and express to you what it is that they're looking for and that what they desire and what is really going to do it for them in this scene. I just, I want no part of that because I, I feel like it is a complete waste of time for me. Well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, that there, nobody owes me that level of vulnerability. You know, just like nobody owes me a response when I write him a dorky poem. 
There is a certain amount of acceptance that I have to have that I may only be qualified to give you certain types of play that you'll enjoy or that I'll enjoy doing with you. It goes, it goes both ways. So, but that being said, as somebody who is working on being a good communicator, a better communicator, and understanding that not everybody has had all of the decades of beating, you know, all of these ideas and philosophies into my head, that my partner may not have those skills. And it's my job if I want to see if I can bring that person into the energy with me. It's my job to try to create that environment for them that they can feel comfortable sharing some of those things with. And if they're not ready to share those things, then I just need to accept that I'm going to just keep it a certain way and and it may not go as intense as I want on an emotional level. Some of the and I've talked about some of these scenes on the show where things just became otherworldly and there was just great internal psychological changes and cathartics and those types of things. I just have to accept that nobody owes me that level of intention, but I can still try to get it out of them if I can. Right. And I am actually, I, I think that there are uh, different levels of vulnerability, different levels of communication. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not in any way saying that you walk into a scene and I immediately want you to lie down on my therapist's couch and tell me everything that's going on in right. your life. Because I, I had a scene once where someone uh, who's actually a good friend of mine uh, at the time, actually we're not anymore, said, uh, I just had um, a really bad few weeks, emotional. I've had a tremendous amount of turmoil in my life. And I just, I need someone who I trust to use an impact toy on me in a specific way. And, and I don't want you to stop until this happens because that will be a sign that whatever. And I won't go into more detail than that, but that alone is a tremendous amount of vulnerability and a tremendous amount of information. And that's all I needed. With that one or two sentences, they explained to me what was going on and what they wanted. And I could then decide, just as he also says in the post, if I want to go along for that ride. And I did. And it was an absolutely perfect scene from that respect. So when I say that I need to find out what's going on emotionally and what you want from a scene, it it, it, I'm actually talking from my experience about people who they just won't open their mouths. They won't tell you what's going on. They don't, for whatever reason, some people are too shy. Some people can actually be scared. Some people can be submissive and have the incorrect assumption that a submissive is not supposed to speak up. They can have their own internal issues um, when it comes to, you know, being uh, forthcoming about what their desires are. I, I totally get it. Um, but without something, and I, I, I can't go into a scene like that. And I, I, like you, certainly don't expect it. I don't have any right to demand that you do it. But I have every right to walk away because without that, without some kind of connection, uh, it's just not going to make it for me. On the other, But the one thing that is an exception to that is service topping. Sure. And, and service topping is something that I enjoy um, on, under certain circumstances, and that, in my mind, seems to is a is a different thing than what we're discussing here. Well, I like, I mean, I like a lot of different types of play. Uh, 
So I can adapt uh, to a certain point. There is a point where I have walked away from negotiations and said, no, we're, I'm not the top for you, uh, and that's not going to work. But I do have a lot of flexibility in the things that I like because I do like demo topping where you're just trying things on someone. And then it's still fun because one of the things that I get out of play, probably for me, one of the most important things is a distraction from the shitty, crazy voices in my head. So even if I'm just focusing on flogging or spanking or just certain types of sensation play, I'm still enjoying the play, I may not be getting into those deeper levels of connection that I, I also enjoy, um, but I can still enjoy myself in a lot of different types of play. What I've had to start really analyzing and during this time of absence from a lot of play is how much my play in the last few years, especially in the love lab, was very sexual based. And I have talked about that on the show before, that because I'm worried that, you know, because sex was supposed to be involved in the scene because the Love Lab was a lot of sexual experiments and that was amazing and fun. But I kind of started getting away from the longer scenes where I set up things and then we had those big experiences because it wasn't about it didn't go sexual. And so I had to really start thinking about that. And there's reasons for that and, and my impotency and fear of my dick not getting hard because when I'm spanking, I'm not really turned on and then blah, 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 blah. So what yeah. I've been really considering is just I'm not obviously going to leave wanting to fuck people, but I do want to start exploring going back into the scenes that did not end sexually. Right. And I want to start creating those types of scenes because I really did enjoy the focus of putting together a scene and trying to create, you know, kind of an, a, an emotional arc in that roller coaster of up and down. And and it really was a, it's a lot of fun. And so I just need to be able to separate those things to say this scene is not going to be sexual. So I need to find people and partners that it doesn't have to end sexually for them. And there's a lot of people that play that don't want any sexuality uh, at oh, the yeah. end of the play scene. So, uh, so I think it's very interesting to go over this top. When I saw this, it really got me back to that place where I'm like, I miss doing those planned out longer scenes where you really created something that wasn't just ending up with orgasms and screaming. Right. Yeah. Very good. And a very good post. A lot of fun. Get in there. Get in there and do it. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. mm, you just, creep me out when you do that. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> it is a, a, you know, I got both ends because a part of me does really miss the sexual part and all of the fun and, you know, sticking things in people and endoscopes and, you know, blow darts and all the shit that we used to do. I really did enjoy that playful sexuality, but I also things in people is also, is always really good. It is fun. It is. There's, there's no doubt. And that's a fun that we deserve to get back to as well. Right. But I would like to just spank somebody and (laughs) beat them and flog them and create those bruises and welts and, screams and and uh 
swimming through chocolate and then you could taste the chocolate with your skin. I told I told that oh, on the show. Gross, gross. No, 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 no. This was oh. the subspace that they went through. They went into a subspace where they were actually floating through chocolate, but they could taste the chocolate with their skin. This was a this was a, this was where they went in their subspace, and it was incredible. Like they were just flying. Look at you! You can't even have food play. It's not even food play. It's gross. I don't even like thinking about. It. It's disgusting. It's eating with your flesh. How is that even? <laughs> <laughs> oh, eating with your flesh. You're <laughs> grossing me out. Stop saying stuff like that. Like all these little mouths just open up. All on right, the I'm arm. gonna I'm gonna just turn off the show right now if you don't. Jeez, stop. I'm gonna pull over the show right now. That's right. Kids, I think we need to that. do some perverted mailbox to get this taste out of my mouth. All right. Well, let's play the jingle. Tell us we're swell. Tell us to go to hell. Just tell us fucking something on perverted mail um, box. So a while back, uh, we did a, some fucking advice for Kazoo about possibly moving out with uh, play partners uh, or partners or and buying a house together. Remember that? And we gave some advice about, dude, that's all big fucking thing that you need to be very careful so she wrote to us and she says hi APP parents and then she says oh you best believe that greeting is sticking I can't believe this is what gets me every time is that she said PP parents and you and I made such a fucking thing about it and I always forget in the moment if you make a fucking thing about it you know the listeners are going to keep doing it oh yeah I love it I I want to be mommy you you can be daddy. Ew. All right. Hi, PP parents. Thank you so much for your insight during some fucking advice last week. My partners and I all had a good sit down and we discussed how I was feeling. I'm still not entirely sure what I want out of my living situation, but I feel much, much better knowing that my partners are willing to listen and work with me while I figure it out. I hate sitting in indecision like this, especially with something that feels so big and monumental. But this is a long-term decision and deserves long-term thought. Your inputs are certainly coming with me, as I think. <laughs> it's so nice. Oh, oh, Dad. So, hey, <laughs> I'm Mom, okay? Don't make me into Dad. Why can't I be Mom? Because I just had a major breakthrough during my therapy that involved what an asshole my father was, and I don't want anything to do with the dad father term right now well that's why you take that power back and you go you don't even earn no i get it no i don't want that motherfucker anywhere in my head i'm mom fine be mom it's just a title i'm gonna bitch about that in my host topic next okay fine i have one more well that's great uh, well first uh, off congratulations to kazoo for having a great conversation and uh seeing the benefits of that i love when we hear about that because Sometimes those fears about having those conversations are so overwhelming. And on Perverted Podcast, we have dozens and dozens of examples that you can put in your evidence bin that that scary, vulnerable communication works out more than it doesn't. Yes, absolutely. Good for her. All right. Uh, the next email is from our good friend, Vara Latour, which, is, of course, I have not said that name right, but it's the best that we dumb, stupid, hick Americans can do, who writes to us. Get her, dude. <laughs> I like how we're hicks in Los Angeles. <laughs> Just across I the board. Think- which, by the way, Kathy, 
I would I like, like to take just a moment for the perverted podcast listeners around the world to right now, right now in this moment, to give a little thanks to rednecks. Oh my God. Let me tell you why, Kathy, because rednecks are the last group, the last group on earth that I know of that you can make fun of and they don't get offended. It's the last that, one. That's true. I think I know what the song at the end of this show is going to be. <laughs> Which song? <laughs> that that redneck one that you have. The oh, I do have a NASCAR. The, the oh, God to me. <laughs> Jesus, you know, I'm like, geez, I don't even remember that. Okay, if I, I remember, for some reason, I I think it's because I sang that song. That oh, so okay, long. maybe yeah, we sang that song. Remember when we used to sing? We got to do that again. I keep putting that off. Yeah, I know. You keep saying that. It's never going to happen, buddy. Well, then let's sing that song. All right, fine. All right. Can I get to the next email? That's fine, but thank you, Rednecks. Thank you for having a sense of fucking humor. Oh, my God. All right. Viralatour says, hey there, pee-pee peeps. Just to make Kathy feel better about her granny panties, because I'm at episode 233, by the way. Do you remember that, Boogie, the Granny Panties episode where I admitted to liking Granny, granny Panties? I, I also remember an episode where our listeners bought you Granny Panties. I think I remember that, but I, the, I had told <laughs> a story that I bought the wrong kind by mistake, and they were totally Granny Panties. I put them on. I'm like, I'm never taking these off. They feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She says... Today I was visiting my 97-year-old granny, and she asked me to put her laundry in the washer. While I was putting her granny bras in the zipped laundry bag, I noticed all of them were the exact same type I have on. I'm a kinky perv and a fairly popular play partner in our small community, and I use the same bras as my real-life actual grandmother. Oh, my God, Violator, thank you for writing that because that makes me very, very happy. Well, look, you get to a certain point, and it's the same thing with me wearing fake Crocs and for you wearing granny panties. There comes a point to where we choose our battles fashion-wise. Like when I if I go to Threshold on Saturday, I'm going to pull out my one pair of jeans and and a shirt that looks okay and I'm going to have it, you know, whatever, and I'm going to try to look a little bit presentable when I go to the club. But the Good rest of the time, that's not my battle because I don't care if anyone is attracted to me. When I go to the gym, when I'm here at the library, when I do whatever I do, so to me, I'm just going to be as comfortable as I can. Uh-huh. And I think okay. you get to it because well, when you're young, when, when, when you're young, you're like, oh, my God, I can't leave to go to the gas station unless I got on the right shoes or pants. Or, you know, I know people that couldn't leave the house unless they caked their face in that fucking makeup. And, you know, it was just a real burden. And then you get to a certain age and you're like, I actually don't have to do that because I'm not I don't care if the people at the market think I'm sexy. I think that's it. Although I do, we did see uh, Bene Gesserit po- um, tagged us on a status little thing that she did. You remember Bene Gesserit? She wrote something about accidentally outing herself and the people around her at a munch by yelling something out, not realizing that there were straights around. I do. I do remember that. 
but apparently, but remember, Ben Gesserit is. I went trolling for that name and realized it was a, a Dune. Oh, character, the Dune. Let's and not I get went it. after let's, fucking Dune. And so she writes a post where it says, wherein my writing is cited and Dune is insulted. And she oh. says, she says, I'm so torn. This podcast doesn't care about your feelings, but it's also kind of fun. <laughs> See, look at what you did. Your hatred. <laughs> Your hatred just intimidated, <laughs> annihilated it, a poor Dune fan. It wasn't. I don't hate the poster or what they wrote. I, I was just commenting on the name and how much I didn't like Dune. But I just think it's hilarious that she has such a, a good sense of humor. She might be part redneck. <laughs> Probably. She may have a little redneck in her. <laughs> Potato mayhem rocking on your clitoris. Kathy, we yes. failed to mention the blessing that you and I bestowedeth upon our patron subscribers by starting up the half a oh. peepee episodes again. Yes, we did, didn't we? I'm very, I, you don't know how proud of us I am because we really? are normally so lazy. That's true. And not lazy, just uh, you know, I don't I don't think lazy exists. We're lazy assholes. I don't okay, think laziness we well, let's not get into the definition of lazy, which I actually believe doesn't exist anymore. I think it's fear. Oh, uh that laziness you're not lazy, you're afraid to do things, you're afraid to succeed, so you procrastinate doing things and you don't get things done. I think that's a, a better term than lazy. Okay. Um, so, but I am excited that we did a hat. And for those that have never been a Patreon supporter, um, Kathy and I do kind of a casual kind of dumbed down show of perverted podcast. Uh, we used to do it like once a month and we used to do it driving in the car um, right. before the pandemic, which I do miss. But for right now uh, we just do a, a casual show and then we only post it online for uh, our patron supporters. So it's kind of like a, a little special thing. We don't call it a perk uh, and it's not in a tier as a perk or a benefit because then uh, you'll get taxed on your donation. So, so, but we just do it. So, but it was, it was exciting. I was very exciting. There were some good topics that we talked about and, uh, and I just feel proud good. of us that, that we did that for our, our glorious patrons. The show is free across the world to everyone. Nobody is obligated to pay ever for a perverted podcast. But if you do support us a little bit uh, on Patreon, then uh, you do get some of these extra shows. Right now, I think there's about 10 or 12 of those up there. Secret shows. Ooh, secret shows. That, that'll entice people. Look at them. Look at them all run. I know. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> Does a pussy taste like eggplant? That guy's a dick, but I'm not a dick. Cause I told you he's a dick. You should want my dick. That's how it works. Oh, I see. Okay. Now this is going to be a little weird, but not too weird. And I haven't even really told you what this is about, so Kathy's coming into this cold. But it's it, it was it, in regards to some things that I've read online, and then of course it triggered a lot of feelings about things I have experienced because I have been on literally both side of the male posturing. 
I don't even know what you would call it, phenomenon, the male posturing phenomenon that occurs all over the world, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, without fail, doesn't even take time off for holidays. Males will talk shit about other males any way they can to posture themselves better socially or in regards to getting females. So I read a post where somebody who I would assume either switches or bottoms or stuff like that was taking great offense, which I don't know how many times they heard this, maybe twice, (laughs) but they made it as if they hear it all the time to where when supposed alphas refer to other men as boys, that it's a profound offense that you're calling them immature and you're trying to put them down so you can show your alphaness and you know you're the tough guy and it's like the kicking sand in the nerd at the beach kind of thing and uh which is is a thing they're they're absolutely and i have been on the receiving end of that kind of bullying and and looking down your nose and you know i'm a big guy and you're a little bitch kind of thing i've experienced that when i was younger and and it is a shitty feeling when an insecure alpha quote unquote alpha male um feels that they have to posture themselves by belittling your manhood and that you're not really tough because you you know you weren't in the military or you don't work on cars or you don't weight lift or you know you can't you know juggle you know fucking nuclear weapons or whatever you know whatever makes you feel that you're tougher and more badass than me they will kind of put you down and that's obviously to the people that aren't super strong or alpha or whatever it it can it can hurt it can feel shitty and so then the non quote unquote alphas will band together and then create you know social media things to attack the supposed alpha males that are supposedly kicking sand in their face and it really got me going onto the thoughts well what about all the posturing that the non-alphas do to fuck up the alphas which i think is more that part i don't understand it's more common because there's not as many alphas like people that are actually dominant and 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 take control and and uh, you know the so the way I'll describe it is what I've talked about on the show that I've experienced in the negative. I'm going to call myself. Let's call me uh, for better or for worse. When I am going after partners, when I am going after females, and I am the ethical predator, and I am trying to attract females. And I am trying to convince females that they should play with me. I don't have a problem talking to women. I am not afraid to talk to women. I am not afraid to go up to them and have a conversation. I am not afraid of being rejected by women. I accept the rejection from women and I'll go on and I'll start talking to other women. And then I'll even be friends with some of the women that have rejected me. So I don't have any problem being an alpha male. And for me, an alpha male is somebody who takes control, like a dominant. 
not in a douchey way. It doesn't, you know, we're still being respectful of people's boundaries or whatever, but I'm a fucking alpha. When I want something, I'm going to go and fucking get it. And the men who represent the majority, which I have also been, that guy has responded by when they're friends with women, and I used to hear it all the time at Threshold, they'll talk just as much shit about you to try to posture themselves that you're somehow an evil, horrible person and you're a predator and you don't really care about them. And and so it's kind of like everyone's doing it. Does that make sense? I, I'm sorry, but not really, because I don't really know what you're what you're trying to say. You're, you're, you do the same thing that you're saying other people do. Yes. I'm saying every fucking man. I don't know what I was going to ask you is do women do this kind of stuff? Because it's rampant. All men posture. And that means that guy's a dick. I'm not a dick. I told you he's a dick. So therefore, you should want my dick. That's how it works. That is the basic nature of territory and the basic nature, whether it's right or wrong. It is rampant. It is daily. And it is often. Yeah, I really, it's hard for me to comment on that because, frankly, I think everybody does that. When you have two people who are both going after the same person, they're depending on how aggressive they are, they're going to do pretty much anything they can to make themselves look better. Right. Right. So, I, and, and women are, can be catty and, and mean and uh, I think in the same way they they might do it in different ways they might have uh, some things that are are more in keeping with the way a woman might do things but in general I think that that's a a human trait Uh, from what I'm hearing you say is that it is much more rampant with men when it comes to uh, sexual conquest I think so. You're, you're, you, I mean, I think you literally said that it, it's rampant. It happens all the time. I hear it constantly. That's why I don't hang out with guys. I just don't. I don't want to hear it. I don't. I don't care because I used to be that. I used to be the guy that had friends that were girls that were dating the guys that were alpha. You know, and and I would, you know, subtly try to remind them that I'm more sensitive and you know that person's just going to shit on you and they're not going to care about your feelings like I will they're not going to write you cute little poems you know and I was that I was exactly the group of guys that at uh, Threshold talked all that shit and the women would tell me all about it and other guys would tell me about it oh my god these guys just sit and just talk shit about you that you're a fucking rapist and a predator and all this shit because they're posturing themselves because they don't have the balls to get up and talk to women. So they have to somehow bring everyone below them. So they either and whatever it can, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's not good if you see a negative behavior in someone that if you care about a friend that you inform the friend of, of that negative behavior. We're not talking about that. We're talking the general over embellished posturing. That I guess uh, all people do. I mean, I don't. I hang out with a lot of women. I hang out mostly with women, but I don't hear as much of the posturing. But you're saying well, that everyone does. No, it. you you absolutely wouldn't because uh, they all have me. If you're posturing, <laughs> no. If one woman is posturing to another, um, 
to a partner that they want, you're not going to be involved in that conversation. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. If you if there are two women who want the same guy and they have the ear of that guy, each one is going to whisper in that guy's ear things that make themselves look better, but you would not be privy to that conversation, so you wouldn't know what's happening. And I think that if you were, you would be just as disgusted and wouldn't want to hang out with women now because, but that's, a, I just don't see it as a trait that belongs solely to men at all. Um, uh, it's a level of deceit and deception maybe. And, um, and uh, 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 it's a strange kind of manipulation that if you're engaging in that, it's a manipulation that I'm not happy with. I don't care if you're a woman or a man. Um, I, I don't like it. I've never seen it be something that is um, the purview of, of one sex only. Well, I think that's great. And that's what I wanted to ask because I literally don't have nearly as much experience. I've seen catty bitches, but yeah. just not nearly as much as I see catty men on both ends. Right. So I think that's actually good. At, I mean, that's that's great for me to know, which then leads me to... I like who I am better now, even though I'm, I learned how to talk to women and I don't have a problem getting dates. Uh, obviously when I'm not in this situation, um, and I have more confidence because of that, but I like the fact that I don't have to be that caddy anymore because I'm more interested in proving that I am a better person by trying to be a better person. And I don't right, care right. what people call me. And that's what I was trying to explain to some of the the people that seem butthurt about that the alpha whatever's were were putting them down that I'm like who cares? Let them call call me boy, call me tell me whatever the fuck I don't care call me girl, call me dog, call me catfish. I don't really care because my job is to be the best boogie that I can be. And if I'm the best boogie, then there's a much greater chance that no matter what some insecure posturing butthead calls me, that the people that I want to see the real me are going to be able to judge me based on my actions and not what somebody else calls me. Because I don't really want to be with somebody that is so easily swayed that you could just say one condescending remark about me and then they'll judge me. I don't want to be with someone that's that shallow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hmm. Yes. Yes. No. Uh, it seems to me like you're in touch with a whole other part of uh, humanity that I've never been part of. <laughs> and I, and I'm not surprised because I tend to be very naive in, in social settings. I know that's a weird uh, word to use to describe me but when it comes to people manipulating me I tend to be the last person to see it yeah I watch I am a I am a two fault people watcher and interpreter and listen to conversations and like literally just wish I was invisible so I could just sit and hear what people are saying in their more authentic settings where they're not trying to impress me or, or whatever I just want to hear who are you really? Right. And I, I really, really enjoy that. And this leads to another topic that maybe we'll do on another show about the word grooming. Um, because this is part of that. 
that everything is grooming and manipulation. It isn't just men grooming young women to have sex with them. Everyone grooms. Everyone manipulates. We're groomed from the time we're five years. By the time you're five, six, seven years old, you know who you're supposed to vote for. You don't even know what politics are. You know what God you're supposed to be afraid of. You know who you're supposed to vote for. You know what products you're supposed to buy. Everyone is groomed. Grooming is a constant in every aspect of how we live our lives. We are groomed to think and buy and act. It's more than that. You're groomed. Your personality, your your the way you behave and the type of person you are gets groomed from a very, very early age. So yeah. it's really funny. I just heard that word groomed at, in therapy today. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, because a lot of people are like, you know, and of course, because, you know, I've dated a lot of younger women, woman, a lot. I date many women. I date women. <laughs> I date many good women. I am from Russia. I date women. I am Russian. Oh, I love that fucking language. It's such a language. I love that fucking language. It's like it's like a German. You could just it's very meaty language you could just wrap your mouth around. German is it German and once again, uh Oh, by the way, I said into Google Translate Buchdick du kleines Fickstück. Uh-oh. And it said back Come here, my fuck toy. Ah. So we got a good lesson. I forget who that was. I, if they're listening, remind me. We haven't talked to you in a long time. But yeah, German is is much more authoritarian. And Russian just seems more bassy. Don't I, right. we shouldn't we every time we do this, we just make I make an ass out of myself. <laughs> well, every show we make an ass out of ourselves. I just like languages, but I suck at them. Is that okay to say that I can be a fan of languages? And just because I love tones and sounds and how words are formed and how people's mouths are able to just put out just completely different tones than I'm capable of. I just I've always found that fascinating. I wish I could speak 20 languages. <laughs> but I can't. I just. But <laughs> I can't. That's a good phrase to know, at least. What? It's was it? Yeah. du kleines Fickstück. Fickstück is fuck toy. That's about the only one we remember for sure. <laughs> one day, one day, I'm gonna find one me a German day. girl that doesn't know I know that, and I'll go look it up and practice it again. And we'll see. <laughs> do I get five fingers across the face, or do I get to? Fuck a German chick. Oh, well, now I hear a, a song coming on. Fuck mm, a German chick. Fuck a German chick. <laughs> Be a very sexy song. I, I, you know, we should just end the goddamn show. Yay! Yay! That is the end of show 328. People, that's 328. Please visit us on patreon.com forward slash private podcast. Consider becoming a supporter of the show by contributing just $5 a month. And you will also get the extra special. That's a half a pippin for you. Don't give away the song. Don't give away the song. Oh, we we played it. Have we? Oh, okay. So teaser. Don't give away the song. That's a teaser is what that's called. That's what we call in the industry. Yeah, because that's going to rope them in. They're just going to be like, (laughs) I did have to buy food for my family, but fuck it, dude. I got to hear that song. Oh, please, $5 a month. That's a burrito at Del Taco. You go to Del Taco. And don't forget, 
that you can always talk to Boogie and I by emailing us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or by sending us a message to our Perverted Podcast Bet Life profile. We'd love to know what you want to hear on the show. Don't be shy. Reach out to us. Thank you guys so much for being here with us. A lot of fun being here on the show. Once again, it was fun doing a half a PP. We're getting circulated. We're doing stuff. More exciting stuff. We had a great featured orgasm last week. And by the way, Valdetour was thrilled. Thrilled. That, I know. <laughs> because you were thrilled at hearing it that she said her, you know. That's what's called a positive feedback movement. That is a positive feedback Feedlack? You know. A lack of feels. <laughs> I love languages. I can't even fucking speak my own. <laughs> just, you said it. I didn't. Jesus. We'll see you next. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Is it God to me? Me and my whole damn family living out the redneck American dream, drinking light beer and screaming at the TV. Oh yeah, it's a simple life. Get done. In the trailer, it's hard to get laid. People make fun of how we keep it in the family. My cousin's cute and she's staring at me. She's a little young now, but one day she'll be 18. Oh yeah, it's a simple life. It's a simple, wonderful life. Sitting around the bugs after on a Friday night. It's all right. Getting drunk and watching all the little buggies fry. It's a simple life. We laugh at the city folks running like a squirrel on a treadmill. Cell phone emails. At the end of this race, we're both gonna die. Die, die, die. So you might as well have a simple little life. Run! Ha! Get her done! Ha! Get her done! Grandma got her food stamps. Hooray! Fried Twinkies are a meal fit for a king. Daddy shot a possum today. Grandpa said cook it, and Mama said no way. Oh yeah, it's a simple life. Well, it's a simple, wonderful life. We only want, we only want, we only want a simple life. Yeah, we only want, we only want. We only want a simple life, yeah! Get in the truck, kids, we're going to Walmart!